Welcome back to the next. Oh, we are here. Clap, yeah, that's my clap. That's my special <laughs> signature Eric Hofer clap. Now it's this the greatest, one the greatest of all time. Exactly. <laughs> but Jordan, we are here with Matt and Kelly. Not only so you guys can hear what my voice sounds like when I stop drinking cold water, <laughs> but because they are amazing, amazing people, right, Jordan? I am. I am so stoked. I've been scared of this day my entire life since <laughs> since I met Matt. I've been. I've been I've been like, you know what? It'd be a great idea to have him on the show, but I don't know what he would say. And so, um, but we wore the same thing today. Um, so true. for those we're, of you who can't twinning. see, yeah, we're twinning in yeah. the spirit synergy, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. He won't, he won't stop looking at my feet, but otherwise I'm fine. <laughs> don't just cause you can't see what's happening in the room. Don't take Jordan's word for anything. Yeah, right <laughs> now, right now we're all sitting on my bed, passing one microphone. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a slumber party. That's really cute. You should see Matt's pajamas. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pink polka dots. Yeah. yeah. No, those Matt. are yeah. Those are my favorite ones. That's yeah. 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 Um, well, Matt, we are. We're very glad to have you. <laughs> this is gonna Thank be. You. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> this is gonna get weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's cool. But um, so what I want to say is um. Obviously, Matt, you're you're awesome. All right, um, so I, I will I will flatter you for just a <coughs> bit. Um, I was super nervous the first couple of times I met you because I heard about you know the sand and I heard about all the guys you've sung with and performed with, and I was like, wow, this guy is awesome. Like, <laughs> he's also got a pretty cool voice. So I'm like, I'm like, geez, leave some for the rest of us, Matt. <laughs> but um, but I was like, I was like, wow, and you can cook and everything. And then and I started to, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. I was like, geez, dude, like just raise the ball for the rest of us guys. It's fine. Um, I've heard his aprons are even better. Oh my god. Than gosh. his PJs. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I can vouch for that one. Yeah. But um, just <laughs> anyways. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kelly. But um, no, anyways, and so so needless to say, I fangirled a bit for the first uh, couple of years. And um, <laughs> is that why you took mm. all those pictures? That of me is on exactly. Your phone? Yeah. <laughs> jo- I just want to. <laughs> Jordan has more pictures of me on his phone than I'm comfortable with. And so, and you're comfortable yeah. with a lot, and I'm comfortable <laughs> with a lot. And, so, <laughs> and unfortunately, so, I get a meme per day. Yeah, I get Matt. a meme from Jordan daily, per day. Exactly, the daily no. dose of memes <laughs> from Matt. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but from Matt's Jordan. Matt's response to something is always on my phone. Evidently, my resting face is really—I have an angry look most of the time. Yeah, you are really like you're a really unapproachable person in general. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's kind of thug life. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I've never been told that. No, before, no. So. Like seriously, I was, I, I was so I'll intimidated. Like I was really intimidated. I'm like, man, I'd really like to go say hi. And then we started talking somehow, and I can't remember the insult you gave me at first, but it was amazing. <laughs> I'm glad that was the basis and of I'll, our friendship. Yeah, and I'll never, I'll never forget you like saying, talking some trash about me playing drums. And it was great, and I laughed. And I was like, man, this guy's sense of humor. Like we're gonna be best friends. And so, like 300 days later. Yeah, here, here we, we are. are, and uh, I'm 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 pretty yeah. comfortable sitting on my bed next to you, so that's fine. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, we've just so you, oh. we've come so far, Jordan. I know, yeah. I know, it's been great. <laughs> just so you know, too, the Thug Life thing isn't out of air. There's a meme for that. There that, is. That's Actually, one of them. Yeah, that is. I'm that sure there is. is. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure Jordan's covered all of the bases. Yeah. The memes. You so have to get ready for the holiday ones coming oh, up. Oh, oh yes. Well, I wore those reindeer ears yesterday. Oh. Did you get a picture of that? Faith, did we get a, Did we get a picture of that? 
of the reindeer, the reindeer is? antlers. Yeah. Oh, you guys were on you set know, with us. No. It's so, a good thing it's recorded. It's okay. I have people. Thank God. I have people. So <laughs> what I want to talk about, and obviously before before we get into any of the serious stuff, you told me a little bit of a story oh about gosh. some people that think Matt was way more approachable than I did at first. So I don't know who wants to start it off. Uh, Kaylee, maybe you were the the one with the finger, the magic oh, finger. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, we so. We to talk about that's the title of the story. That's the title. <laughs> when we were dating, like, I really didn't know, like, anything about Matt before we started dating. So I didn't, I've never listened to his music. Like, I didn't really know anything. I, wow. There are some songs I still it's haven't It's really heard. not worth it, to wow. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's a surprise. Um, yeah. But anyway, so he's talking to me about some conference that he was at and, um, and he, he was done with the conference, and then he went into a parking garage, and there was a group of people waiting for to see if he would pray for them, and I'll let you pick it up. So I led worship at this conference in Kansas City. Many of you might know it as the One Thing Conference from IHOP, the International House of Prayer. I led worship, and I was on my way after the session was over. We had just brought in the new year. I think it was like 2013. And um, just brought in the new year, had an amazing time. We had like 30,000 people show up. and. Wow. You know, we did the big New Year celebration, confetti and lights and pyrotechnics and all that. It was crazy. So I'm exhausted. I'm walking out to my car at the end of the night. And I, for those of you who don't know me, I am extremely introverted. And so, like, after those types of settings, you know, I'm, what do they call it? Introvert introverted extrovert i don't know how you yeah i can get along with people you know the thing you know yeah you know the thing (laughs) i prefer to be alone (laughs) um in the dark (laughs) in the dark always spend most of my private time in the dark in jordan's yeah, room you see the thing the thing guys you have to understand <laughs> oh is gosh. you may not see anything neither can we because the lights are <laughs> yeah, on totally That's so you get it <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the budget so yet. anyways we'll <laughs> <laughs> so anyways i'm on my way to my car after the conference is over i'm exhausted i'm just excited to get home go to sleep and not talk to anybody <laughs> I get bombarded by a group of, uh, I, I believe they were Koreans. And so, and just to prerequisite this, <laughs> the next, I love the Korean people. I've been to South Korea a few times. I love the Koreans. We'll cut so, that out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they come up and, they're, and they go, oh, Makyunbe, you pray for us. And I said... So I'm like, outwardly, I'm like, yeah, I would love to. But inside, I'm like, gosh, I just want to go to sleep. (laughs) And so I'm like, sure, I'd love to pray for you guys. And so they all, like, assume the prayer position. And I... In the middle of a parking garage. In the middle of a parking garage in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. And so there's about 20 of them, probably. And so I literally, you know, you, you lay your hands on people and you pray for them. So I put one finger on the one guy in the front of the whole group. And I didn't even say anything. I think I just said, like, Jesus. <laughs> I put my finger on his shoulder and the whole group goes, whoa! And they all fall down and start, like, travailing in the middle of this parking garage in Kansas City. And so literally I'm just standing there, like, looking at my pointer finger going, what just happened? And That's magic finger. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's a new meme. And so that's, that's a new meme. We'll the funny thing is, I was I was so exhausted and so tired that I just left them there. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of walked away. Got the follow up service car. is terrible. They though. might still be there. Oh, knows, 
<laughs> I don't know. But once once everyone's know. out of quarantine, we're gonna get news. It's like breaking news: Kansas City, <laughs> twenty one <laughs> Koreans found lying in parking garage <laughs> for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> They say they're in the throne room. Yeah. We don't know what, right. what is that? What is that? All they can say is Matt's finger, Matt's finger. <laughs> so that is the story of the magic finger. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I did. This is like okay, so this is kind of off a subject. What we want to talk about? Well, I guess it's not, but um, it's part of their one, testimony, yeah, right? I guess it's, uh, it could be. I mean, God definitely dealt with pride in your life, and so it's. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. And so, what I love most about you guys is your just downright hilarious you guys are so down to earth so goofy the whole time and i thought to myself i'm like you know what this is the coolest thing i've ever seen that you guys get to do ministry together you guys get to hang out together obviously and whenever i'm there we always goof around and and it, it, yeah. it forms this awkward love triangle and yeah. it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's good, yes that's so true i never thought of it that way but yeah, yeah. Always competing with you, Jordan. It's okay, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) One day you'll realize. I love you both. (laughs) (laughs) But which do you love more? I love you more. Oh, that's nice. Jordan, he has to say that because you're legally bound. Yeah, it's true. We're in a covenant. No big deal. Jordan, you and I are not. No, no, we're not. This is more of just a... Like a brotherhood? Yeah. It's kind of that. Like a bromance. I love you, bro. I love you too, bro. So much. You too. You guys can't see the hearts flying in the air no. between them. <laughs> 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 Only kissy faces. <laughs> they were not. They were not. <laughs> Just on that side. Oh. Anyway, okay. We're leaving so that in the program. <laughs> we're definitely. People are going to be like, all right, yeah. this is the last episode of this program. Yeah. Yeah, we're listening to. Yeah. But um, so if, if you guys would mind, I'd love to hear a little bit of your testimonies and kind of some of your backstories because you have an awesome love story and it's um, kind of snapping into more of a serious tone, I guess. Yeah. But. Um, go ahead. Feel free to share. You want to take it first? You go, honey. Okay, I'll go. What do we, what do we want to share? <laughs> Our testimony. Of how we got together? Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. Um, three. So, three. So go one, on. two, <laughs> three, go. Okay. So I, we were both previously married. And um, (laughs) I'm just trying to think in my mind where to begin. I got married um, the first time in 2009 and was married in that marriage for about nine years, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe a little less than that. Um, Have two kids, um, the the twins. You guys know the twins, Caden and Isaac. Um, Without going into a massive amount of detail, um, that ended really painfully. And, you know, divorce is never something, <laughs> I mean, for you married couples out there or those of you who want to be married out there, when you get married, divorce is not ever on the table. It's never an option. It's never something that <clears throat> you should even entertain for a moment in your mind because it is, I mean, it's, it's hell on earth to walk mm-hmm. through something like that. Um, and the sting and the betrayal of my story was just something I never thought. I never thought that would be my story. I never thought that I'd have to walk through fire like that. Because you're Matt Gilman. I'm Matt Gilman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We took it back, full circle. Yeah. No, but I never, I never thought I would, never thought yeah. that would be my story to tell, you know? <clears throat> I grew up, I'm third generation ministry um, and so, like, that's just, you know, and I grew up in a really conservative church where divorce is kind of like, 
you get divorced, you ha you forfeit your platform. You're mm -hmm. not allowed to be. You're not allowed to preach. You're not allowed to have any. So you're not even allowed to like the church that I grew up in is really like structured conservative. Mm -hmm. So you're not even allowed to like get up and read the scriptures in front of the church because like obviously your home life is terrible. <laughs> and so walking through that, there was just a lot of, in addition to everything personally that I was going through, having a public platform and a ministry on that level, I, I felt so much shame uh, because I, I felt like a failure as a husband, as a dad, all of those things. And the Lord just really walked me through um, a healing process through, <clears throat> through all of that. So that was just a couple years ago. Um, meanwhile, I'm getting in the midst of all of that huge storm in my life. I get um, to know this group of people out in Anaheim, California, called Influence Music, which is now the the label that I'm a part of. And um, which that's where I lived. Just so you guys know. Yes. Yeah, so this is little hint where the story's going. Yeah. <clears throat> so foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Um, so I'm visiting California about once, sometimes twice a month, just to get acquainted with these people out there. What's the music label going to look like? What's that whole thing going to turn into? And, um, and my, my divorce was not finalized yet. And so I know, but the first time I went there, I noticed this blonde girl in the back row at the staff meeting. And I was like, she's kind of cute, but no, <laughs> like I'm fighting for my marriage. I will fight until the day I die. Meanwhile, um, you've been talking to lawyers for a year and a half, and it's totally, been crazy. Yeah, the, the legal process had, we were very deep wow. in that at that point. And so I thought that this blonde girl in California was like temptation from the devil, like hmm. no way, no, no way, not know how, this is not happening. Like, and so anyways, that's where you can kind of yeah. tell your side of the story. Sure. Um so same for me. Obviously, I was married before, and I just want to share with people on the podcast. I'm going to be really honest because I made some mistakes that I don't want you guys to make. But for me, like I was uh, finishing college out of state, and I had fallen in love for the first time. He was a wonderful man of God, and we broke up. It like didn't work out, and I was devastated because I thought we were going to get married. So I started dating a new guy who I shouldn't have. And, um, and I had told myself, well, you can't, he can't love me if he doesn't love Jesus. So I was like, I'll just like hang out with him, but I won't like date him, um, unless he starts going to church. And of course he started going to church. And of course he started making friends with everybody and starts playing on the basketball team at church and going to Bible study. And I'm like, oh, like, maybe this is, like, this could be something. So I said, okay, you can take me on a date. And, um, you know, fast forward a year, and he proposed. And the problem was is the whole time I saw yellow flags, but I didn't feel like I had anyone I could talk to about it because I was already in so deep into the relationship because mm. I, I started to really grow to love this guy. But I had made compromises, like, I, sh I really shouldn't have married him. I knew better, and I, I had heard from the Lord like he wasn't it, and I just was like, there's no way. And the week before he proposed, I planned to break up with him. And um, But we were going to visit my family for Christmas, and I said, let's see how Christmas goes, and then um, I'll break up with him when we get back if it's still bad. And he proposed over Christmas in front of my whole family, and we had like they had 100 a, a people at our house for a party, and it was like this whole thing. And so I was like, okay, let's see how the engagement goes. And we can always break up in the engagement. 
but I was in so deep. Um, I was like, you know, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to get committed to this. And we had gone to this deliverance conference. And, you know, I was like, okay, I see God working in him. And I, I made a compromise. I said, as long as he's pursuing the Lord, we don't have to be, like, at the same level. I would highly advise you, you cannot run with someone you are not equally yoked with. You cannot run with somebody who is not running at the speed you're running because what that ha- what happened in my marriage is that God became a point of friction because he did not want God the way I wanted God. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he s- fell away from the Lord and created another life from me and decided he didn't want to be married anymore. And I had, I, once we were married, I felt stuck because I was like, I've committed to this, and it's a covenant between me and God, so I will stay. I will not leave this because I've promised the Lord. Meanwhile, all of my family and friends are telling me, you need to get out of this. This is a horrible thing for you. But I felt stuck. So um, I fought for my marriage even after he, he, he asked me for a divorce and left, like the same day, like out of nowhere. And so I fought for my marriage for 10 months, and I fasted probably the majority of those 10 months and it was just me and Jesus the whole time I really didn't have friends that year and it was the hardest thing I've ever been through it was hell on earth because I really love this guy you grow he's my husband Mm -hmm. but it was a horrible decision and it cost me five years of my life it cost me advancing in my purpose it cost me so much grief and turmoil there's still some physical things that I'm overcoming just from the anxiety of divorce like from not sleeping for a year, from you know fasting for a year, there's a lot of things that come with that that you just can't anticipate, and the pain is worse than death. I mean, really worse than death. So if you have doubts, just talk to somebody. Yeah. Tell somebody. And if you have those doubts, <clears throat> like you need to get them out before you're in a committed covenant relationship. And if you are in a committed covenant relationship, like there is hope for you. There really is hope for you. The difference for me is you have to have two people who are willing to work together in order to make something work. He wasn't willing to work together. So you can't be in a marriage with one person. You have to be in a marriage with two people. So anyways, that's kind of where I was at when Matt started coming to the church. And my, my, I was in the middle of fighting hard for my marriage while my husband was off doing whatever. And, um, the church was hiring people for their label and he came in and I I knew what he was going through I heard through the grapevine but I specifically wouldn't allow myself to be in any rooms where he was because I was like that's just bad for your heart you know like I can't allow myself to be vulnerable in that way or in any way really I I really wasn't meeting with anyone one on one at that point because I was just so attractive yeah it was really how hot he was yeah, yeah no I said the same thing <laughs> yeah I know, he's told me. <laughs> no, I really wasn't interested in him. I was like, oh, he can't handle me. I'm too much for him. He's like he's like a sweet guy, and he won't, he won't be able to handle me because I've been through a lot, you know? Little did she know. Little did I know, I can't handle him. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do, we, do I need to talk to you guys about this? Yeah. So anyways, fast forward. This is a long story. Sorry, guys. You're fine. Yeah, um, so I think when things were just kind of finally settling, legally and whatever in our marriages the lord so i came out to do i'm sorry i should talk into the microphone <laughs> i came out to uh, a conference at the church and um 
it was just kind of a breaking point where I was like, even though things were settling legally, I was still just in denial of, no, God, you're going to do a miracle. You're going to restore my marriage and you're going to, you know, return everything that was stolen to me because that's what you said you would do. And so I, uh, I went to this conference. I was ministering at the conference. I was wearing my wedding ring. Um, and I got three prophetic words from three different people that didn't know each other on the same day, and they all told me the exact same thing. Like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening, and they all said, the Lord says it's okay to release your past because there's a new beginning about to start. And so I just remember that day going, oh, like, Lord, I, and that was my prayer through the whole process. Like, Lord, I will fight until the day I die if that's what you want me to do. But if there's ever a point of no return, please release me from this because the pain is too much. And so I, I would pray that constantly, like, Lord, please release me, but I will fight if you want me to fight. And that day, it was like he answered that prayer. It was just like, it's okay to let go because there's something new for you about to start. And I got that word from three different people at three different times on the same day, and those people had no correlation to each other. They didn't know each other. I hadn't, you know, they would have no way of knowing that somebody else had already told me that. And so, um, anyways... And you were having conversations. I had put, so I had gone to a lot of like healing prayer and done a lot of those things. I don't know if you guys have done those, but if, yeah. I would highly recommend if there's anybody that you know of who um, you can go to any type of Christian um, counselor, anything like that, who will guide you through healing prayer. It is like life changing yeah. and it just yeah. really releases so much um, for me anyways. Um, so I had gone through a bunch of that. And after that, um, I decided I'm going to put a fleece out for the Lord. Like I need a deadline because I'm not going to survive this. <laughs> like I, I can't do this anymore. And my, everyone is like worried for me. I'm tired of looking at people's eyes when they're so scared and like, I can't do it anymore. And, and, and actually two weeks before my deadline, I looked at the Lord and I, I, I'm not proud of it, but I said, I did my part. Now you do yours. I'm done. And I didn't talk to him for two weeks, and I did whatever I wanted to do those two weeks because I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like, it's too hard. And then comes that weekend, which happens to be midnight of this conference, and I start getting prophetic words. I am hosting um, a lady who's in charge of the healing rooms at Bethel, and she's there, and she has a friend that we meet and he starts prophesying over me at lunch just I'm I'm on the side you know what it's like to host people mm -hmm. like you don't talk to them you give them their water you serve them right yeah. so I'm just on the side there to like pay for their meal and make sure they're okay and the guy just looks at me in the middle of lunch and starts hysterically crying and he goes the Lord says he's so sorry he's so sorry for your pain like he's so sorry and he says the Lord says your husband is like the tribe of Benjamin and he starts preaching all this stuff and and I didn't know what that meant so I'm all excited I'm like yes like we're gonna get restoration and I go home and study it and the tribe of Benjamin God gave them land that they didn't steward well so he took it away from them and gave it to someone else mm -hmm. and I was like shoot this is not gonna go my way is it <laughs> And then the guy comes and he prophesies two more times over me. And there's a bunch of crazy prophetic things and dreams that happened that weekend that all coincided basically down to me being like, I'm moving on. I'm, I'm okay to sign papers at this point, even though it's not against my will. You know, 
this is something that I did, and I know it sounds weird, but when I signed my divorce papers, I did it as worship unto the Lord because I really didn't agree with it, and I didn't want to do it. But he had released me, and I fought with everything in me, and I sought wise counsel, and everyone had released me, um, my mentors and stuff. And so um, God released me, and I and he released me basically at my deadline. And that Tell me something about the wedding ring. You want you want me to share that? Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a big part for me. Okay. We've never shared our full story. This is the first mm-hmm. time we've ever shared that so publicly. Wow. So. Yeah. Um. So the last night of the conference, the lady I was hosting was um. She was tired and the conference was still going on. She's like, "Can we go to the green room? I'd love to just <coughs> sit." And I said, "Okay." Um. So we went and we sat in there. And she hadn't asked me anything about myself the whole time, and she goes, "So." what's happening with your marriage and what's going on with that? And she was talking to me and she's like, you know, it seems like God's being really clear. And then um, I had told her because Matt had been something people had suggested to me. Hey, you know, Matt's getting a divorce and you're getting a divorce. You guys should go out. (laughs) It's like so (laughs) crazy. And and I literally, I can't tell you how many around the corner conversations I would pull people aside out of church and they'd be like, look, I know what you're saying, and I don't like think that it's good. And you can't spread those kind of rumors or plant those kind of ideas in wow. people's heads. Like we're fighting for our marriages, and you have no idea the pain right. we're going through. You can't say that kind of stuff. But of course, that's in our heads now. So we're like, yeah. ugh. So I think this guy's from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like a temptation from the devil, and I'm like, there's no way. Anyways, she. Um, and so I was sharing with her, you know, I can't shake this Matt Gilman. Like, he's so annoying, and he's everywhere. And he's everywhere? And I mean, he's omnipresent. So, you guys, <laughs> and the it's song. It's weird. That's what the security guy said when I was outside your house right. at 5 o'clock this morning. <laughs> That's how you knew to match. Exactly. Oh, my exactly. gosh. So what's crazy is when the, the girl decided um, she wanted to leave the conference to go to the green room, the song that Matt was singing, I remember this, like it must, it, ha- it was the Lord, obviously. I remember walking away, my back was to Matt as he's singing and debuting a new song and the words are, um, you know my body's broken, you know my eyes can't see, you know I'm looking for a miracle, so why not here and why not me? Hmm. And literally he was like singing it to his wife and he didn't know it. And I'm walking out of the room. So anyways, we go to the green room, and I'm telling her about Matt Gilman and how he's like, i got to shake this dude um, and what's going on in my marriage. And she goes, well, why don't you just, like, hang out in a group of friends? She goes, and then maybe you'll find out, like, he's annoying or something, which I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like all of a sudden you find out, like, he's got, like, this thing for toes or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Something so weird. Carries around a thing of whipped cream permanently. I don't know. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You know too much about me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, like, I don't feel comfortable to do that. You know, um, I I just don't think it's appropriate while his wedding ring is on. You know, I may be released, but I just don't think that's appropriate for us to be in the same group of friends. And she goes, okay. So no joke, Matt and I find out later once we, like, start dating at the exact same time that I'm talking to her about I can't hang out with him because his wedding ring is on. Matt is backstage handing his wedding ring to his friend saying that the Lord told me to give to take this off tonight because and the I'm day, moving on. The day she was having all of these conversations was the day I received those same three prophetic words. 
And so I, after the, the conference was done that night, she was having this conversation. At the same time, I was taking it off my ring and telling my friend, please keep this for me in case there's a miracle. But I felt like the Lord released me and I'm taking it off my wedding ring as of right now. So then the conference... Same exact moment. Okay, wow. I'll, I'll tell the whole story, but I'll be quick. So the conference ends and I drop um, our guest at the hotel and she calls me and she goes, oh no, I left my purse. Can you please go get it and bring it back for me? And I'm like, no problem. So I go and I, when I come back to the hotel, I happen to be walking out as one of our friends is walking in and she grabs me by the shoulders and she goes, Kelly, Matt took his ring off tonight. And I go, why are you telling me this right now? Why do I need to know that? Why are you telling me? She goes, I don't know. I actually don't know. She's <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just telling you. And I was like, okay, um, thanks for the information. She goes, well, he's at a restaurant called Reunion. Isn't that crazy? Right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe I'll end up there. I'm hungry. Everyone was there after the conference. Um, so anyways, I end up going to Reunion to eat, and I'm walking in as Matt's walking out. Because I had to catch a flight. He had to catch a flight. And then I guess he saw me and decided to stay. So, <laughs> so I was literally saying my goodbyes to everybody in the group. I was walking out of the restaurant, and Kelly walks in. And so she walked in. I was like, hmm. And so I turned right around, and I was like, so what's everyone going to do tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no. And so anyways. It was like high school. It was totally junior high, That's high awesome. school. Yeah. And so. What about your flight? Yeah, I got a different one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I took off the next morning. But that's part of the story, because while we were out, Kelly comes up to me and she goes... You guys, this was my boldest move in life, okay? It's totally bold. I, d I, was I don't know where it came from. I wasn't ready for this. I didn't, I didn't pre-think about this. It just happened. I, it had to... Because, it wasn't me. Because she had, you know, there were people talking to her like, hey, Matt Gilman's going so through it. I was so angry that people were talking totally. about us. Gilman's going through what you're going through, and people are telling me Kelly's going through what you're going through. I'm like, just leave me alone. Like, yeah. And so she comes up to me as we're all out, and she's like, you know what people are saying about us, don't you? And I was like, oh. like I lost my breath <laughs> yeah, for a yeah. second. I was like, oh. I, I play drums. Up to, <laughs> you guys, up to this point, Matt and I had like not spoken yeah. for a year. Yeah. Wow. And so I was like, yeah, I've heard some things. <laughs> and then so I was like, maybe we should just like step outside for a couple minutes and like clear the air. Just, you know, wow. we can like, you know, brush our hands off and be done with it. Like, because she doesn't know my story from that day. I don't know her story from that day. So we're just kind of like clearing the air to get it all out. So we go sit on this bench outside this, this restaurant that we were at. And literally, we're just like burying our hearts for like, I thought it was going to be a 10-minute conversation just to, like, get it out and move on. And we literally sit down, and that was probably, what, at what, 10.30, 11 o'clock p.m.? Meanwhile, my deadline for the Lord was midnight that night. Yeah. Huh. That she had set how long before that? Which I don't always recommend putting God on a deadline. It just happens to be part of my but story. But sometimes God <laughs> works with us, you know? And so we sat down on that bench at, like, 10.30, 11 o'clock, and ended up talking until about 8 a.m. the next morning. And pretty much I got on my flight and we had either been texting or on the phone or FaceTiming. Just like getting to know each other. Just getting to know each other like 24-7. We didn't sleep for like three months. 
It's and true. So, I called him after a month and I was like, I can't keep talking to you. I have to get work done. <laughs> she like had an emotional breakdown. I like you so much, but this, I can't do I'm this exhausted. anymore. I'm <laughs> exhausted. It's like, why don't you just take a nap? Like, I was like, just leave the phone next to your head. I'm going to listen to you breathing. And it'll be <laughs> Pretty exactly. much. Kind of, we did that sometimes. We fell, we fell asleep on the phone sometimes and like, she'd be Wake like, up. babe, you're snoring. Like, <laughs> so anyways long story short that's kind of how it this whole happened. thing happened and we and don't share it because it's if you don't know the full story yeah. like people know our hearts and our character so we share it like with people that we know really well and love but if you can't share the whole story from the outside looking in it can seem funky just because yeah. divorce is such a taboo subject in the church. And, and um, because we refuse to speak poorly about our exes. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. we refuse to use social media as a platform to yeah. to do that, yeah. you know. But the, the reality is the numbers of the, the percentages of marriages in the church that, that end up in divorce are above 50 percent. And so it's a shame that people don't talk about this because there are so many people in the body of Christ who are actually dealing yeah. with the pain and the shame and the, you know, the turmoil of, of everything they're going, to, going through. But outside of like a divorce group in the church, there's really like people are afraid to talk about it. And yeah. so I think it'd be good for us to share the things that we learned that we did wrong, like the things that we, would, that we learned from our marriages and that contributed to our divorces. Yeah, for me, I was, not intentionally, but it was, you know, you get married and then that's final. Like, you just, <laughs> there's there's no going back. That's a covenant relationship. It's a decision you make. It's the rest of your life. You're married. And so for me, it was never a thought in my mind that this could possibly end in divorce. And so unintentionally, I became apathetic and stopped my pursuit the way I probably should have mm -hmm. um, of my wife. And it was something that I was just like, you know, I, I loved her, I loved my family, but there, you know, I would go to work, I would minister places on the weekend, I'd come home, I'd eat and sleep and drink, and, <laughs> and that was kind of my life, and then Drink Diet Coke. Drink Diet Coke, yes, yeah. just to be clear. Um, but like, I have plenty of photos to prove that. <laughs> yes, okay. I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> but no, it was just kind of, everything just kind of became routine and blah. It was just, that's what my life had turned into, and I was okay with it because everything was solid, nothing was moving. Meanwhile, I didn't realize that she had been in pain because I had stopped Wow. Pursuing. And so. And you guys didn't communicate well. And we did not communicate. Like, that's the one thing I'm so thankful in the, in my marriage with Kelly is that we have the hard conversations when we have to. And, yeah. like, no matter what, even, like, when we're tired and we really don't want to and we're angry and we don't like each other in the moment, like, <laughs> like we'll we'll have those hard conversations. That doesn't happen real often. Just so We know. just cut to the chase. It's like, yeah. look, don't try to be nice. Let's because just we, get to the point. Because we've been there before and we don't want to, like, repeat the past yeah and so yeah I think the pursuit doesn't stop on your wedding day and that's something that I obviously learned the hard way and you know and if you're a man out there with a wife who's feeling neglected and alone like go out of your way to make her feel special remember the things that 
you know, you did when you were dating and the things that made you fall in love and things that, you know, you served her, you opened the door for her. I mean, even the, those little things that showed that you notice and you, you know, the things that she likes that you maybe don't, like, serve her, you know. And those were things that I had neglected. Um, not that that warrants divorce or infidelity or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, but I had, I had not done my part. And so those were things that I had. That's crazy. So, because I was, I didn't, I didn't really ever imagine that we'd be on this podcast talking about marriage, marriage advice. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, seeing as we're here, a couple of weeks ago, I started talking to a bunch of both unsaved and saved, um, for lack of better words, senior citizens, old people who had been married for a long period of time. I think the, the longest marriage I spoke to was like 55 years of marriage, 55, 60 years married. Wow. Insane. And, um, and they all gave me pretty much the same three pieces of advice, some from a Christian perspective and others obviously not knowing the Lord himself. But it all ties into that. The first one was like, don't choose the wrong person. Right. Make sure when you see red flags, you stop, you ask questions. Don't, yeah. don't let you, you want to have some potential overview what you can already see and the patterns that you already see. Like, okay, yeah. is he a jerk? Well, okay, the fact that he looks good doesn't make up for that. So you need totally. to seriously not be willing to compromise. Right. Yeah. The second piece of advice they told me was don't ever stop bettering yourself. Don't ever stop. Don't ever say you've gotten to a point where you're happy. Okay, you can cook, you can sing, you can play piano. That's not good enough. So it's like whether it was from a Christian perspective, you deciding not to spend time in the word for an entire week because you think you've reached something that's a symbol of pride. So they said, don't ever be proud of where you are. Be, and like um, Ted speaks, um, and we'll be on the podcast next week with him as well. He says, live life with a dissatisfied, satisfactory satisfaction. And I was like, I was like, can you English that for me real quick? And he's like, <laughs> it just means, it means that be happy where God's brought you out of, but yeah. never be content. Never say you finished your race That's and good. keep pushing. And I was like, I've never heard of that in a relationship, you know, spectrum. But it makes so much sense. I mean, if doing this for someone is, is good enough, well, then tomorrow I need to do a step above. And if opening the door for her is good enough now, it's like, okay, well, then flowers tomorrow. And then so on and so forth. And continuously being extra, perfecting myself. Oh, do I have a problem with anger? Okay, how am I going to deal with it? I'm going to go find help. I'm going to talk to someone about it. Totally. Continuously progressing yourself. Continuously never stop improving yourself. And the final thing that every single relationship I ever spoke to, every, every man or woman that spoke to me, we married from, I think the shortest was 20 plus years of marriage, all the way up to 55, 60 years of marriage. I said, don't ever stop falling in love. So don't good. ever stop dating your wife. Don't ever stop falling in love because the day you do that, the day your marriage will be at risk. Yeah. As soon as you stop seeing it as being love and you see it as being a covenant, you'll lose the track, you'll lose the plot. And so, totally. yes, you're bound by law. Yes, it's, a, it's you know, a, a relationship with you and God and your spouse. And yes, it's beautiful and, and, and everything about it is, is holy and perfect. But if love doesn't hold it all together, it'll never work. Yeah. And yeah. It just becomes a contract with two signatures on it. And, and what it's supposed to be is a mirror image of Jesus and his church. Yeah. Right. And the reality is Jesus never stops pursuing us. Jesus is not going, well, I guess I died on the cross for them. I suppose I'll be with them forever now. Like, yeah. it's not like, okay, I made that decision and now we're stuck together. Wow. Like Jesus has been yeah. pursuing his bride since the dawn of creation. Yeah. And, and he has not stopped. And I think it's, it's a beautiful parallel because as a husband, with a bride. If 
<laughs> I just punched the microphone. <laughs> Got real angry for a second. No, as a husband with a bride, if I stop pursuing, if I stop, you know, and I've been guilty of that at times, and if I st- then I fail as a husband. I yeah. fail to, to mirror what a marriage is actually supposed to look like based on the Bible and yeah. Jesus's relationship with us because he never stops pursuing and he never stops going out of, I mean, the ultimate I'm going out of my way to serve you is I have a, I live in glory forever with my father. I'm perfectly satisfied with everything I have, but you're falling short. I'm going to lay all of this down. Wow. I'm going to put on flesh forever. It's a lot of people think Jesus just made a 33 year sacrifice and put on flesh. Jesus is a man forever now. Yeah. Well, and Jesus, you know, he had to die to himself. And I think that that's a lot of what marriage is, is you're just dying to yourself like yeah. all the time. Like I don't feel like being kind right now because they're like cranky today, yeah. you know, and you have to die to yourself and be like, no. And the thing that keeps that in, in check for me and I'm not perfect at it, is the reminder that when I get to heaven, I will have to give an account for me. Yeah. I'm not going to have to give an account for me and Matt, just for me, for my actions. Yeah. And so I don't want to tell the Lord any that I fell short, you know? Yeah. And I want to be able to give a good account. Yeah, and one of my favorite teachers from the House of Prayer, his name is Alan Hood, and he gives this whole series on marriage. But the one thing I remember that stood out to me was he goes, so many people get married thinking that marriage, the purpose of marriage is to make you happy. He goes, <laughs> nowhere in the Bible does it say that marriage is primarily to make you happy. Right. He goes, yes, there are lots of benefits in marriage that you, you know, result in your happiness and all yeah. of that. But he goes, the, the reason that God invites you into this covenant of marriage is not to make you happy, it's to make you holy. Wow. And so the decisions that you make, it, it's, it's not all about me, 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 give me, give me, give me, give me. There is some of that, but there's also a lot of, you know, g- there's give and take in all of it. But the, the, the dying to yourself, there is no room for pride or arrogance right. or anything like. And it'll show up real, real quick. quick. <laughs> it shows up wow. real quick when you're, you know, iron sharpens iron, but the rubbing together of the iron is not fun sometimes. But, you know, working through those processes and, and going through the, the difficult times, it actually produces something in you. Like diamonds are created under intense pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's why like time in the secret place is so important like before you're married because that's exactly what's happening there yeah. is that God is refining you. He's purifying you. I mean, he's, it's going to happen your whole life. But that's what marriage is going to do. If, that's, if we're a reflection of Christ in the church or in his bride, Marriage is going to do that exact same thing. So if you're not ready to be vulnerable, to be intimate, if you can't be like that with the Lord, you can't expect yourself to be like that with a person that you live with all the time, you know, and that's there all the time. They never leave, <laughs> you know, like they never leave. And she you said can't that get with away like from them. Real passion, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared over here. Yeah. <laughs> They never, he's never gone. (laughs) And I mean, we work together. We do everything together. We share a car. Like, we do everything together. Yeah. The other thing Alan said in his, he goes, before when I was single, he goes, I just, he goes, I thought I was the happiest guy on earth. He goes, I didn't have anything to be angry about. And 
because <laughs> I realized I had an anger issue when I was stuck with someone that would never leave me. He goes, before, I could just leave and not have to deal with the issue. But he goes, now the issue is constantly in front of me. The issue is right next to me in my bed. The issue is with me, you know, the issue is with me you know, in my car. The issue is with me in my ministry, and I have to confront it. He goes, he goes, I had an anger issue. I didn't realize. He goes, I thought I was happy. But he goes, I had an anger issue in my heart because I couldn't escape anymore. And that's, I think, wow. one of the... The trials and the beautiful benefits of, of a marriage. It's the too. beauty of marriage, yeah. but it can feel painful. Totally. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I just felt so, I don't know if you guys are open to this or not, but I just felt so much in my heart that like there's so many people that are maybe like entering into something that like you guys have been in and you guys got out of through the Lord and that they really need to seek that joy in the Lord and not be looking for that same happiness in the marriage that sure. they're never going to find. That ha- it, sure you're gonna have happiness added to your marriage, added to your life. But if you don't fully find your joy in the Lord, yeah. you're never gonna be That's satisfied. So I don't know if you guys would be willing to pray over any couples that may be in that position yeah, now absolutely. or entering in there. Absolutely. I just felt that really strongly yeah. in my heart. Your identity cannot yeah. be found in anybody else but Jesus. Yeah. And if if your if the reason you're pursuing a relationship is to fulfill something that you feel is lacking inside of you, th- it will fall short for what you need that person will fail you they will you know and it's not any it's not because they mean to or want to or they're being mean to you it's just because they're human they're a person and they can't fulfill the longings in your heart like jesus can and so find your joy like you just said find your joy first in jesus and and give him your all in everything else in your marriage in your finances in your personal life your occupation your money everything falls into alignment if he's first and not your wife, not your kids, not the rest, you know, whatever. If he's first, everything else comes into alignment. So absolutely. Yeah. Let's pray. Let's pray. So Lord, I just pray for anyone who's listening right now, who is struggling with their identity. God, where the enemy has come in and lied to them about who they are. I just even feel right now from the Holy Spirit, there are, there are some listening right now that you're in the chaos of what the world is, go- is calling normal. Um, you have lost your identity. I, I feel like there's gender confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, I just, I, I speak clarity to them. I speak the kingdom of God into their mindset. Um, into their DNA, and um, God, for those who are knowingly involved in a lifestyle that does not line up with biblical values, God, I ask for the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. Mm -hmm. I ask for the fire of God to fall on their hearts. I ask for deliverance from that lying spirit that would tell them that they're something that they're not. And so, Lord, I, I, I just prophesy the spirit of truth over their life right now. You desire truth in the inward parts. In the innermost parts of their being, it says you desire the spirit of truth. So Lord, I ask that the spirit of truth, that sword of the spirit would come and bring complete and total kingdom alignment in their body, soul, and spirit right now. But I ask for those struggling with insecurity. I ask for those struggling with um, even... uh, cutting and harming themselves because it's the one thing that they can control. God, I just ask for 
the voice of God to be so loud. I ask that you encounter them in dreams and in visions. I ask that they would hear the voice of Jesus telling them their identity. God, that they are not slaves to fear, that they're not slaves to their sin anymore, God, but you've given them a spirit of, of, of power and of love and a sound mind. And so, Lord, I, I just thank you that you're a God of restoration, that you're a God who gives definition to, to our lives and who we are. Jesus. And so, God, I, I pray right now against any confusion. God, I ask that identity would be found only in you and not what other people say about them. Not about how many people are in their sphere of influence, not about how much money they have, not about their occupation, but God, that their identity would be found only in the man Jesus and what he says about them. What you say about them, Lord, would be the, the first and foremost thing in their mind. So, Lord, just bring alignment, bring clarity, bring truth, bring vision, bring encounter, mm -hmm. bring deliverance right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, um, I pray for those who are brokenhearted. Yeah. God, oh, I know that pain. And Lord, I pray that you would come. I just see the Lord um, taking a salve like from a tree, almost like sap from a tree and coating your heart in it. And um, I, I see um, him coming to comfort you. I remember um, all I could do when I was fighting, I laid on the floor and I just cried. And then a couple hours later, I found that Jesus was holding my hand laying right beside me. Mm -hmm. So Lord, I pray that there would be encounters in the middle of the heartbreak. God, I pray for those yes. who need to break up with people that they should not be with, that you yes. give them the bravery, that you would give them the strength, that you give them the words. And I pray that the the foul voice of the enemy would be muted in yes. the name of Jesus, that any doubts that would come in would be muted in the name of Jesus. I pray for your truth to rule and reign in their minds, God, because this is their destiny. One of the things the Lord talked to me about was, I have made plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I just kept telling myself over and over again, he has plans. Oh, but God has plans. If he has plans, then I don't have to have a plan. If he has plans, then they will come to pass. If he's made a plan, then that's something that's going to happen. So I prophesy over you that God has plans for you. He has plans for you, and this time will pass. He has plans for you, and you do not need to settle. You do not need to bring yourself to a lower point. You are going to soar. You are going to soar on a wing like eagle, on, on a wings like eagles, <laughs> one wing eagle. <laughs> but you are made to watch from heaven's perspective. You are not made to watch from earth's perspective looking up. You will be looking down. In the name of Jesus, I pray over those who are married, who are struggling. Lord, I know that you can do anything. Yes. And I pray that the spirit of hopelessness would bow at the feet of Jesus in your home. Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over every window and every door of your home. I pray for miraculous breakthrough. Jesus. I pray for people who aren't attracted to each other anymore, that they would suddenly have an eye for their spouse again. Yes. Lord, I pray for the people who are interceding for their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their family member, their spouse, whoever it is, to to receive Jesus so they can have a more united, intimate relationship. Lord, I pray that that would come. I pray that you would send evangelists. I pray that you'd set the people in this room on fire, Lord, that we would go and that we, we would be able to do what we're praying and asking you to do for those who are listening to this show, God. I pray, Lord, that you would come in a mighty, mighty, mighty power, bigger and better than we could ever ask. I pray beyond this prayer 
that the Holy Spirit would take your will into all these people's lives, that the sound of this podcast would actually invoke a shift in the atmosphere wherever they're at, that they can leave as soon as this ends, that there will there will be evidence, God. I pray there would be evidence by midnight tonight, Lord, evidence Amen. of a shift. And God, I pray that there would be people that people would keep their ears and eyes open to evidence that may not, even if it doesn't seem like you, that you would send clarity that it is you, yes. that they wouldn't miss you, God, because you are not missable. Lord, we love you and we bless your name. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you right now, Lord, that you're breaking off every chain of guilt, shame, and yes. condemnation, Lord. Yeah. I thank you that today, as people were listening to this podcast, they made a decision in their hearts to change the way they lived. They changed the way they're living and they'll change the way they live for the rest of their life, Lord. Lord, I thank you as people came back to you and as people rededicated marriages and relationships and they decided they're going to move out of relationships that were unhealthy, God, I thank you for supernatural restoration. You see, Lord, we thank you. Oh, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for restoration of their bodies now, Lord. You see, when we commit sin that Jesus paid to free us from, the remnants of that sin has to leave because now that you're living a holy life, now that you're living a life free from that, every remnant of that is trespassing and that no longer be belongs. So I thank you for all of those who, like Matt said, were cutting themselves, for all of those who have been bruised and beaten in relationships, Lord. I thank you for all of those who, who drank themselves almost to death, Lord. I, I speak right now. I see restored livers. I see restored kidneys, yes. lungs, Lord. I see new lungs, new vocal cords, Lord. Lord, I speak that, that right now, wherever you are, if you're driving in your car, I don't, I don't know where you are right now, but for those who have been cutting or those who are bruised because of a relationship, put your hands on those cuts now. And I'm not, Jesus. we're not here fighting for this. This is something Jesus has already won. And because you've decided to change your life and because you've decided to rededicate your life and change the way you live, those marks are now trespassing. And he paid to have them removed. You don't have to live with the guilt. You don't have to live with the shame or the condemnation anymore. This is a new start. This is a fresh start. And I feel like the Holy Spirit keeps saying, this is a fresh start. And for those of, the, for those of you who are worried about how to follow forward and how to move on from that, seek the Holy Spirit. Seek Him above all else. Find your peace in Jesus and He will show you the way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Guys, Thank you so much for listening today. It's been an incredible episode. Matt, thank you for coming. Kelly, thank you for coming. We loved having you guys on. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close out? Uh, I just want to say God is for your marriage. Yeah. God is for your marriage. Always, every day, yeah. no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like yeah. in this moment, God is on the side of your marriage. Amen. And I believe he wants to do a miracle. He wants to bring restoration where you think it's impossible. He is a God who walks on water. Nothing is too difficult for Amen. him to restore. And so, um, yeah, he's for your marriage. And hashtag one-winged eagle. Oh, yeah. Well, Wasn't that the best prayer ever? It was. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see one today. I'm going to be driving home. I'm going to see yeah. one spiraling out of control. But, oh. That would be that would right? be so that is an epic prayer and you're welcome okay thank you i look forward that's to seeing basically seeing. impossible so i'm yeah we're not going to do physics on this show okay <laughs> i'll leave you guys with 
a verse that comforted me through all my grief, um, yeah. it's, uh, and you're, I'm sure you're familiar, but just Isaiah 61, a small portion of it. But I proclaim the year of the Lord's favor over you and the day of vengeance of our God, that there will be justice to you who mourn. Yeah. And he will provide for you who are grieving. He will give you beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of your mourning. Come on. He will give you praise instead of despair. And you will be called an oak of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, like that salve that I saw over your heart that's going to come from that oak of righteousness mm -hmm. that's planted by streams of living water, fed by that stream. If you can just picture yourself by that stream with your roots going deep, 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 feeding off that stream, he will turn it all for joy. He will. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Once again, we'll see you on the next one. We are the next. We're here to inspire believers. Equip the, the gen equip this next generation and expand the kingdom of God. Goodbye.